This is the Sex and Psychology Podcast, and it's the sex ed you never got in school and won't get anywhere else. I am your host, Dr. Justin Lee Miller. I am a social psychologist and research fellow at the Kinsey Institute and author of the book, Tell Me What You Want, The Science of Sexual Desire and How It Can Help You Improve Your Sex Life. As a sex educator, one of the biggest sexual concerns I hear from men is whether their penis is big enough. And when you look at the data on how men feel about their own bodies, this isn't surprising. For example, in a study of more than 25,000 men ages 18 to 65, a slight majority of guys, 55% to be exact, said that they were satisfied with their penis size. But that means nearly half of men, 45%, are dissatisfied. And among those who are dissatisfied, they almost universally wish that they were larger. In fact, just two-tenths of 1% of men say that they wish their penis was smaller. So, with few exceptions, penis size concerns typically only go in the direction of wanting to be bigger. A lot of this penis size anxiety stems from the fact that people tend to think that the average penis is bigger than it really is. And the reality is that most guys who think they're small are actually well within the normal range. And some of the guys who think they're too small are even well above average. But even when presented with the data, many of these guys still want to be bigger anyway, and some of them are going to great lengths, pun intended, to make it happen. So in this episode, we're going to do a deep dive into the growing world of penile augmentation. We're going to talk about the various approaches, which ones are supported by the science, some of the risks and side effects, and what you really need to know if you have penis size concerns. I am joined today by Dr. Fenwa Milhouse, a board-certified, fellowship-trained urologist. Dr. Milhouse practices in Chicago, Illinois, and she treats a wide range of adults with sexual difficulties and sexual health concerns. She currently sits on the board of the Chicago Urological Society and is widely known in the media as your favorite urologist. Dr. Milhouse is the star of the TLC Network's Dr. Down Below. This is going to be a fascinating and really important conversation. Stick around, and we're going to jump in right after the break. What's on your relationship bucket list? What are the things that you want to do or try with your partner that you've never done before? I reflected on these questions recently when using Paired, which is a relationship app for couples. My partner and I have been using this app for a few months, and one of the features of it is a series of relationship exercises that prompts you to reflect on your relationship and share what you're thinking with one another. So we just did the bucket list exercise, and it really got us talking about memorable moments from the past that we want to recreate, as well as things we've always talked about doing, but just never got around to. And then we talked about how we're finally going to make these things happen. We've been having a lot of fun with this app, and have found that it's a great way to stay connected and to have deeper conversations. In addition to the exercises, there are questions, quizzes, and answers from relationship experts. It's a great way to learn new things about your partner, and it's simple and easy to use. All you do is download the app and pair your accounts, and that's it. The activities are fun, and sometimes they're pretty funny. Whether you're just a few dates in or you've been together for a long time, it's time to lighten the mood and have fun with your partner by using Paired. Head over to Paired.com Justin to get a seven-day free trial and 25% if you sign up for a subscription. Just go to P-A-I-R-E-D.com slash Justin to sign up today. Connect with your partner every day using Paired. A happier relationship starts here. All 
Are you passionate about building a career in sexuality? Look no further than the Sexual Health Alliance. With Shaw, you'll connect with world-class experts and join an engaged community of sexuality professionals from all around the world. Whether you're just beginning your journey or are in the process of building advanced skills, Shaw's comprehensive certifications, engaging events, and self-paced online training will move you beyond the basics and set you up to be a rising star in the field. Visit SexualHealthAlliance.com and start building the sexuality career of your dreams today. Hi, Dr. Milhouse, and welcome to the Sex and Psychology Podcast. Thank you for having me, Justin. I'm excited. Thanks so much for joining me. It's a pleasure to have you here. So we can give people all of the education and reassurance we want, but there are still going to be a lot of people who are trying to increase penis size anyway. So it's important to provide people with accurate information about what does and doesn't work when it comes to changing size. So let's start with perhaps the most widely advertised option, which are the pills and lotions that promise to add inches to your penis if you take them or use them regularly. So are these things just gimmicks or is there any evidence that you can take a pill to increase your penis size? There's a lot of over-advertising, a lot of wishful thinking, a lot of promises, some snake oil in these enhancing pills and potions. You know, these are unregulated by the FDA. So we oftentimes don't know completely what's in these. Um, It has been shown that some of these pills have essentially like Viagra and Cialis type medications in them. These are ingredients that we know improve or enhance blood flow to the penis. So you may take a individual who has no erectile issues taking one of these pills for enhancement and gets a more dramatic erection than uh, what they're used to. And in that way, that's kind of how they can promise, oh, bigger and that sort of stuff. But none of these pills and potions are, are going to change your size of your penis. So that cannot be done by simply a pill or a potion. Yeah, as much as we might wish that it would be that easy, just take a pill, it doesn't really work that way. So, you know, if you've got a whole bunch of things in your junk email folder saying, hey, buy this pill and it's going to increase your penis size, you know, it's in your junk folder for a reason because it's not going to work. If it sounds too good to be true, it's because it is. <laughs> Increasing penis size is just not that easy. In fact, it is a little difficult. Yes. So, <laughs> <laughs> yes. And I think, you know, that's good advice for anything in the sexual health and wellness market is if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is, unless there's some data and science and research behind it, right? Because a lot of the stuff that's out there on the market is, as you said, there's a lot of snake oil, a lot of people trying to profit off of other people's insecurities. Yeah. Now, next up, We have the penile exercises and stretches. So there are countless online articles and forums dedicated to something called jelking, which is this manual penis stretching technique. And then you've got all these different penis stretchers on the market, which you're supposed to wear for several hours a day where you kind of like strap in your penis to your, and sometimes like tie it to your thigh. And, you know, supposedly through traction that can increase penis length over time. But I'm curious, what do you think about this? Can you stretch your way to a larger size? There's very little data that support that stretching alone will enhance penis size. If stretching works, 
it takes a long time. So if you are going to choose this route, be prepared for the long haul. And I'm talking at least six months of disciplined, persistent stretching. This is not something that you just do once a week. This is something you have to dedicate your penis to and do on a very regular basis for a very long time to potentially see some slight increase. And, you know, these increases aren't going to be dramatic. You're not going to gain an inch or two. You may gain a quarter of an inch after six or so months of length. So it's not that it can't, absolutely can't work, but it is probably a lot more involved than most individuals want to sign up for. Yeah, and that's my take on it too. I have seen some data suggesting that of the various things that are out there on the market, there is some potential here, but the potential is for pretty small gains, but you've got to be a very dedicated user and you have to be willing to put up with a certain amount of discomfort because it's not comfortable to put your penis in this stretch position and then leave it there for hours a day. And I know you need to take certain breaks with it. Uh, you know, so it's, there's a lot of instructions. You've got to be really dedicated to it for that to have any potential impact. Of note, I want to make uh, a distinction we're mostly talking to about individuals who are looking for cosmetic in lengthening. In urology, we use traction therapy as part of medical treatment for a disease called Peyronie's, which is a curvature in the penis, an abnormal curvature. And an abnormal curvature in the penis does tend to shorten the penis because it's kind of not allowing the full length of the penis to relax. People with Peyronie's disease will also not only complain of a curvature, but like they are unhappy that the length is shorter. And so um, it's not uncommon to for these individuals to be on a traction program over, again, several months, whether it's in combination with another uh, treatment. We, some, we will uh, sometimes use, like, use injections in the penis to relax the contraction with traction therapy. I mean, and we tell these patients, listen, this has to be, you have to be dedicated to this process. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. And you're right, you know, we are talking here primarily about cosmetic procedures for people who want to enhance their length, not necessarily for specific medical or other sexual health issues that might be treated. Now, next up, we have the penis rings and pumps, which aim mm -hmm. to draw more blood into the penis and to keep it there. And my take on these things is that they don't necessarily make your penis bigger, but they do work in the sense of making you as engorged as possible so that you might appear bigger than usual. So in other words, they don't necessarily make your penis bigger over time, but they can help to maximize your erection size when they're used appropriately. Does that sound fair to you? Totally fair. And if you think about it, you know, most individuals, I don't have a penis, but I'm assuming most penis owners, they want their size to really show when it's time to get it on in the bedroom during partnered physical activity. And this is where the pumps in the ring can prove their worth. And you can use them at the time of and at sexual activity, forcing more blood into the penis by that pump, and then using a penis rig or constriction band some people just call it a cock ring. And what that does is keep kind of keeping it there. You see what I'm saying? And people, uh, individuals will commonly say that their erection is, you know, more engorged, bigger, um, more emphasized uh, look to it. Uh, and I, I actually 
talk about this on my YouTube channel, uh, like ways to make your penis look bigger. And one of the ways is using a cock ring with an erection. Um, and that absolutely will give you a bigger looking erection. It won't change the size of it permanently. Yeah. And I think, you know, anyone with a penis can tell you that an erection is not an erection. Sometimes they're fuller than others, right? And so this is a way of just showing up with your fullest erection. And it's a handy, easy way. It doesn't require any type of medical treatment or anything like that. Anyone can do it. Just be mindful of if you're using any kind of constriction device, don't wear it too long. And if it's painful, that's a sign to take it off because, you know, if you wear it too long or it's too tight, you can potentially damage the penis. So, you know, cock rings and penis pumps can be great. Just be careful with how you use them. Absolutely. Because you do not want to end up in the ER seeing somebody like me because you can't get your penis ring off. And then we have to use tools. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like there's a mini circular tools. saw to cut yeah. these things off. And it's like, you don't want that near your penis. <laughs> we have to use tools like the saw to like take it off your penis. We don't want to do it. You don't want us to do it. So yeah, be mindful of no. the penis and cock ring. Don't fall asleep with it, please. You know, in general, the one, the, the constriction bands that like are completely enclosed that don't unsnap, you, you see what I'm saying, that kind of go over, you really want to be mindful of using it longer than about 30 to 60 minutes at a time. Yeah. And better to go with something that's like rubber and stretchy and is easier to get off as opposed to something that's metal and doesn't have like a release mechanism. That's where you might run into some issues. Absolutely. Now we're going to move into medical treatments. So in the last 10 to 20 years, there's been an explosion of surgical techniques to boost penis size from implants that go under the shaft of the skin of the penis to fat injections to cutting the suspensory ligament that anchors the penis to the pubic bone, thereby allowing more of it to hang outside the body. I know there are some doctors out there promoting these surgeries, but I also know there isn't a lot of great data out there on the subject. So I'm curious for your take on going under the knife to increase penis size. So first, the cutting suspensory ligament has actually been around for a very long time. Um, it is actually a way that we treat a medical condition called micropenis, which uh, most individuals don't have, although they may think they have. It doesn't actually lengthen the penis. What is involved is the penis isn't just what we see. There is an internal part of the penis inside the body. The internal part of the penis is suspended or anchored to the pubic bone by the suspensory ligament. And by cutting this anchoring suspensory ligament, it actually can allow the penis to kind of hang forward more and pulling more of that inner penis that's inside potentially more out. And so that's been around for a very long time. It is not a common procedure that is done. It's almost exclusively reserved for micropenis, like I said. It's not a procedure that most cosmetic penis surgeons, if you will, uh, would undertake for just cosmesis. Okay. Then you mentioned penile implants. So there is actually an FDA cleared device on the market called Panuma that is a penile implant for enhancement. It's important that when we say penile implant in this realm, we are not talking about penile implants, inflatable penile implants used for erectile dysfunction. That is for a medical condition where you can't get a, an erection, not for cosmetic. We're talking about the cosmetic panuma 
or similar type thing implant for cosmesis. Okay. None of these things do anything for erection. And so it's like a sleeve. It's like a silicone sleeve that's placed underneath the shaft over the corporal or the rectile body. Okay. So it shouldn't necessarily interfere with erections, but it's essentially placed underneath the penile shaft to kind of try to, you know, make it wider and longer. Um, and that's definitely been newer in the last, like you said, about decade. And a few surgeons off of that. It's a procedure that is, I guess, slight. I mean, all of this, I would suppose, is slightly controversial still until it becomes more mainstream and is highly recommended to have done by, I would say, a urologic specialist, in my opinion, um, who knows the anatomy, who knows how to get out of trouble. Because with anything, when you go over the knife, there might be an issue that would complicate things that may require it to be removed. And that is a potential complication with the penuma that it might need to be removed and you need to go under the knife again to get it. Fat injections. So fat, think about BBLs for the butt, right? They use fat injected into the butt and hip. Well, this is like the BBL for the penis, okay? Um, and you inject fat into the shaft. The fat injections can offer a girthier penis. Uh, fat can change, okay? It's not necessarily static. It can change and alter over time where you need to, you have like an unevenness later that develops that may need to be redone. Fat cannot necessarily be dissolved. And so if it needs to be removed, it'll need to be removed. You can't dissolve it inside the penis. It may, in some individuals, if not properly placed, change the way the penis feels in a way that's not as desirable. Um, I've had a few patients who have had fat injections that say when they have an erection now, it, it's like a softer because it's, it's kind of enveloped in this fat that is not too much fat that's kind of uh, taken away from the firmness of the erection. But technically, fat injections are a surgical option that is out there. Yeah. So I think the take home with all of these is that Yes, there are different surgical procedures out there, but definitely do your due diligence, you know, do the research, figure out what is out there, what's the success rate with this, what do we know about it, and who is performing it, are they qualified, do they have the credentials, like you really need to do your research and be informed of the potential risks, because I think with all of the surgical procedures, there's a chance that it might not result in the outcome that you want. There might be complications. You might develop scar tissue. And, you know, I've read enough horror stories on some of these online forums where people go in to try and make their penis bigger. Then they develop scarring or complications. And then they end up with a penis that's smaller than they had to begin with. And sometimes they have a functional issue that they didn't have before. And that's just the worst case outcome. So you got to just be very careful. Do your due diligence with the surgical route. You only have one. Yep. <laughs> you don't have two. And so it is just as important to know the risk as it is to know the success rate. It's important to know the risk. It's important to ask whoever's doing the procedure, if this complication happens, can you help fix me? Or will you have to be sent to another person to fix you? Because it's not unusual for patients to get something put in them and then have to scramble to find a specialist who knows the penis to get it cut out of them. I see that a lot. Yeah. And I've heard that a lot from other urologists. I know a lot of wonderful, fantastic urologists, but there are some people in the medical community who are 
let's say maybe trying to profiteer a little bit too much and they just focus on how many more of these procedures can I bang out and then they don't do the follow-up care that's needed with their patients and they're not really doing a, a good service to the patient community and creating a burden for their fellow doctors. So yeah, again, it's just something to be very, very careful about when it comes to pursuing that type of procedure. Now, one other method of penile augmentation I wanted to ask you about is the use of dermal filler to plump the penis up a bit. And I know this is a procedure that you perform, so tell us about it. What is it? How does it work? Yeah, so fillers in uh, volumize, and we can use that advantage of dermal fillers that are FDA approved for things like uh, lip augmentation and that sort of stuff to augment or enhance the penis. The nice thing about them is that they're biocompatible. So like this is using hyaluronic acid, which is as natural as you're going to get in putting something, a filling into your body. So they rarely are rejected by the body or allergic or anything like that. The other very nice thing, which makes dermal fillers the safest way to do enhancement. As I said, you only have the one penis. And so if you want to be safe but enhance it, the safest way are these dermal fillers because they have an antidote that we can use to dissolve it in case we need to. You know, because like, like we've been saying, a lot of times these things may have good outcomes, but sometimes they don't. And when they don't, we want to be able to do as little as we need to to help restore the patient. With dermal fillers, like hyaluronic acid fillers, such as phallophil, we can do that. There is a simple injection that you can use in the office to inject it. We should never, ever have to cut the penis to deal with an issue as it relates to a dermal filler injection. And so it's become a very popular way for individuals to enhance the penis because it combines results with safety. Okay. Um, you know, listen, yes, men want bigger dicks, but they don't want it at the risk of like loss of their penis. And when, and they don't want it even at the risk of having to cut into their penis again, you know what I'm saying? Uh, which is understandable. So the risks are very low and again, almost always easy to manage and it should really never affect function. So it's not, I tell patients, your function, your erections aren't going to change with the dermal fillers. Okay. You don't have to worry that there might be a decline in function. And so just to clarify in terms of like how it works, my understanding of the use of dermal filler for penile augmentation is that it can provide an enhancement in girth. So it can increase circumference, but it's not necessarily going to increase length. Is that correct? The length is really hard to increase. Even with all these methods that I have stated, increase in length is always going to be minuscule in comparison to what we can do for girth. Okay. Even with the, like um, the suspensory ligament, you know, cutting that the one area where we can improve length is just, and we didn't, you didn't bring this up, but using grafts, like basically making a, what we call a neophallus and you use like a skin graft from your arm or your leg and create a neophallus and then make it as long as, as your arm. Okay. <laughs> um, but it won't function the same because it needs the inner corporal bodies or something simulating that to do that. So that has to be addressed. And it looks like it's an artificial penis, if you will. 
a lot of people don't do that. That's almost always reserved for gender affirmation procedures. But so in general, cosmetic enhancement, it's really hard to gain length. Okay. It's really much harder. So you're correct. This is the same with dermal fillers. Girth is immediate. You're going to see that. The good news is that we can get some length in a lot of individuals because what can happen is as the penis gets girthier, statically girthier, we're not talking about with erection because when we talk girth enhancement with uh, individuals getting this, we're talking about their flaccid size, which is great because their erect size is going to be even bigger too. But the static girth is wider. Their penis can tend to hang more. Okay. It's almost like that suspensory ligament thing. And by hanging down more because it's heavier, it's girthier, then it actually can elongate the penis or at least create the illusion of an elongated penis. Yeah. And that's my understanding of why a lot of guys seek this procedure is because contrary to popular belief, it's not all about changes in the erect penis size that men are after. It's often about the flaccid penis size. They want to look bigger when they're walking around the locker room or just, you know, when they're in the shower or day to day, they just want to look down and feel like their penis is bigger. And so, uh, you know, that's one of the things that the filler can do is give you a larger, I wouldn't say permanent flaccid size, but just a larger, like static, as you said, you know, sort of flaccid size and then a boost to the erection as well. You're very right. I mean, we are, this is something I just made. We're like dick print. We're in the dick print culture okay you know (laughs) dick print is you know where you can kind of see the outline of the flaccid penis through the pants which wasn't a thing i think until like the last decade (laughs) i don't know dick print just came out of nowhere yeah Um, gray sweatpants came out of nowhere (laughs) (laughs) it came out of nowhere sweatpants dick print yeah and so they're looking for that and i liken it to boobs right i you know i'm i'm a woman i liken it to breast augmentation a lot of, if you ask a lot of individuals why they get a breast augmentation, they're doing it for themselves. They just want to look in the mirror and they like that appearance. They like that appearance through their clothes. So a lot, again, a lot of individuals are looking for that just, just everyday increased look to their penis. Yeah. As far as for penetration, especially, but I think this goes both ways, but particularly if you're penetrating a vagina, girth is greater than length. I love saying this. Girth greater than length. Okay. <laughs> Girth is better for providing most vulvas with a better sexual experience because the surface area can interface more with the inner clitoris part that surrounds the vagina um, and even the outer clitoris part too that we see. And most women, 86%, need clitoral stimulation to orgasm. They cannot orgasm with vaginal penetration alone. And so if you are girthier, you're more likely to hit the clitoris, even when you're just penetrating the vagina. Therefore, you are probably more likely to be satisfying your partner. But that is a good study that I don't think has been done. But (laughs) girth is greater than length, particularly when it comes to penetration, especially, I think, with uh, penetration in a vulva or vagina. Yeah. And that's an important point. So just one more question on this topic. What's your number one take-home message you want to share for men who are concerned about the size of their penis? Number one, first of all, it's important that we shouldn't shame individuals for wanting to enhance themselves. 
okay, it's important that we that you understand realistic expectations. It's important that you understand realistically what's out there and that size is not the end of be all. Um, it's important that you're doing it for the right reasons and that you're not considering this to keep a partner, you know, satisfied that isn't or to make yourself whole in some way. But I think it's super appropriate for more, most individuals who just want a little bit of enhancement and it's going to just get more popular. So, you know, porn is everywhere. We are not going to escape it. I don't think we're going back. (laughs) I'm on Twitter. Listen, I'm on Twitter just searching regular crap and I am hit with this like clip of a porn on Twitter. I I can't even, I'm not even on porn of, I'm just on Twitter and I see this, you know, so it's like here to stay. And so it is going to continue to shape what individuals want to do with their body. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you so much for this amazing conversation, Dr. Melhouse. It was a pleasure to have you here. Can you please tell my listeners where they can go to learn more about you and your work? Absolutely. Thank you so much. This was such a fun conversation. I would love to do a part two, uh, but we got to go. But the listeners can uh, find me on Instagram. That's where I'm the most chatty and talkative at Dr. Milhouse. And that's Milhouse with one L, M-I-L-H-O-U-S-E, Dr. D-R-M-I-L-H-O-U-S-E. If you just search your favorite urologist, literally, you'll find all my stuff. So I go by your favorite urologist um, because I'm America's favorite urologist. (laughs) And I'm on Instagram, like I said, with that tag. Also, I'm on TikTok with at your favorite urologist. I have a practice called, I'm actually at work right now, Down There Urology. So I have a YouTube channel that's really informative. Every week we have videos. um, And it's called at Down There Urology. And... I was on TLC (laughs) at a pilot episode called Dr. Down Below that you can uh, stream on many different platforms. And I hope to return to cable network in the future. Well, thanks for being our favorite urologist. And thanks again for your time today. You're welcome. Thank you for listening. To keep up with new episodes of this podcast, visit my website, Sex and Psychology, at sexandpsychology.com, or subscribe on your favorite platform, where I hope you'll take a moment to rate and review the show. You can also follow me on the socials for daily sex research updates. I'm on Twitter and TikTok at Justin Lee Miller and Instagram at Justin J. Lee Miller. Also, be sure to check out my book, Tell Me What You Want. And if you have a question you'd like me to answer on a future episode of this show, you can leave me a podcast voicemail at speakpipe.com slash sex and psychology. Thanks again for listening. Until next time. Hold up. 